Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Double FM Sports. I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm J.R. Miserak. And as you'll probably notice from the sound quality, uh, we are on the phone again today because J.R. has been traveling. I'm about to go traveling, so... You know, just playing it safe in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic. Um, that said, we do have a pretty packed episode today. Uh, and just because we lost some sound quality does not mean that we lost some episode quality. Um, so without further ado, let's pretty much get into this. We're going to do some news first. Um, then we went through... And each of us assembled a uh, an English Premier League 2019-2020 um, all-star team, if you will. Um, then we're going to talk about the Madden 21 rankings. And then we'll cap it off with some hot takes like we usually do. So uh, let's get into this with some news. Well, let's be honest. Uh, over the past, like, what, five days? I've seen uh, some pretty big developing stories, obviously, with the NBA coming back. The scrimmages are finally over. The NHL uh, returned, what was it, two days ago? Yeah. There's some late-game drama already, and it's not even the actual playoffs. It's just the play-in games. I mean, I don't even know where we want to start with all this stuff. Do you guys have any recommendation? I mean, you brought up NBA first, so we may as well just go there. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, is the season started. I know I know that there's been probably, what, two games per team, I think, as of now, that actually aren't scrimmages and count towards it. Something I've noticed, I don't know if it's really news, but I feel like there are some, there's like, I don't want to say a lack of defense, but there are some seriously high point getters in like almost every single game that I've watched. I mean, I know I watched the 76ers got beat by the Nuggets. And, or wait, was it the Nuggets? Are you thinking Pacers? Or Pacers, yeah. And, you know, I think Pacers, I think, I think, you know, Miles Turner, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, what's his name? DeMontis Sabonis. No, T.J. Warren had 53 points. Yeah. Well, and I mean, a lot of those guys you brought up aren't playing right now, so. Yeah, that, that is true. There are a lot of guys that aren't playing. I mean, I know as a Wizards fan, it, it hurts to see Bradley Beal not playing, the, you know. But uh, Jonathan Isaac last night tore his ACL. The MR came back today. That's a sad case because he just came off of a knee injury that was allowing him to play in this restart simply because of the, the extra time. So that's kind of sad to see Jonathan Isaac. You know, he was, he's was he been blossoming the last couple of years, and now he's just been kind of riddled with injury this year. And it, it just kind of sucks, I guess, as a sports fan to see him go down twice in one year with the injury. Right. And, I mean, you want to talk about guys – I mean, kind of coming off of huge injuries. How about Yusuf Nurkic? I mean... Nurkic played pretty well yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I saw him with, like, 25 points in the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he been putting up good numbers the two games he's been back. And prior to that, he hadn't played for, what, 16 months? So, 
Actually, if you want to talk about some serious comeback stories, look no further than Oklahoma City Thunder shooting guard Andre Robertson. It's been two and a half years since this guy has stepped foot in the league. And he came in, and I'm pretty sure it's his second game. Now, this might have been a scrimmage. I think it was. But he hit game-tying and game-winning threes two and a half years after playing because he suffered some pretty bad leg injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I will say, as a Blazers fan, this makes me happy. The Grizzlies have gone 0-2 in their placing games. Blazers have gone 1-1. That makes me really happy because we need to gain on these guys if we want to even try to make it into the playoffs, which I will say... Much more interesting scenario on the Western Conference than, unfortunately for you, JR, in the Eastern Conference as far as the play-in games go. And uh, we can we can skip talking about that. I don't I don't think that's <laughs> news. So I don't I don't know if I want to talk about that one. I did just notice the Dallas Mavericks have clinched a playoff spot, meaning that it's between Memphis and the five other teams outside the playoffs right now for the rest of the playoffs. Like. The play-in. I mean, we kind of knew that anyway, though. I mean, yeah, that's true. Because there was, you know, what, now it's a seven-game gap back to eight, so. I mean, I'm chilling, so I don't really care what happens. You know, you say you're chilling, but you got killed by the Thunder. What was hey, we, we already clinched the playoffs. We don't care. We're waiting for the playoffs. Okay, buddy, but if you fall two spots, then you play the Clippers rather than the Rockets. I would rather play the Rockets. No hey, the way the Rockets just took out the Bucks last night, though. James actually, Harden actually had a little bit of solid defense for once. It, it's Rockets, Bucks, Giannis, Harden all over again. I don't know if you want to consider this NBA news. It's a little more college news, but regarding the NBA draft, I know, at least from following the Big Ten, I know... Point guard out of Illinois, Ayo Desumu, had a pretty breakout season this year. He's withdrew his name from the NBA draft, and I consider him a shooting guard, small forward from Michigan State. Aaron Henry is also withdrew his name. I haven't seen any other really big names withdraw from the draft. Seriously? Literally. I never. I didn't think he actually was in the draft. I thought he said he was staying. Did he? Well, I no, he, I think he was, like, pretty sure he was staying, but I think a couple of days ago he officially announced that he was staying. Uh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. I don't oh, think actually. he ever, I don't think he ever, like, declared for the draft. I think he was always going to stay. I think he just made it official, like, a couple of days ago. Yeah, um, now that I think about it, I did forget, it's not, te- it's not really going back to school, but I believe he's, like, he's an insanely tall player for Gonzaga. I, I don't know. He's, you know, he's a guy that has an NBA career in his future, Philip Petrusev. He played pretty well for Gonzaga this past year, and he everyone thought he was going to go to the draft. But he actually forwent the draft. He forwent his college eligibility, and he's playing for a professional team back home in his country. And I don't know, that was a little bit of a shock for me that, you know, a guy that was, he was getting player of the year you know, whispers mid-season and was averaging like 15 or 20 points a game and 
he's going to go play for a European country professional team. Like, I don't know. It doesn't really make too much sense to me, at least. Mm. Um, do you want to go into some football news, both college and bas- or professional, I mean? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think, like, in terms of the NFL, I guess we're starting to notice a lot of, like, players are starting to, I guess, opt out of the season, most of them citing uh, family concerns. You're talking, like, guys like Dante Hightower, C.J. Mosley. Um, who, there's a couple yeah, there's, other. There's a number Patrick of guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Patrick Chung was on the list. Now, not only that, opting out, but I've seen a number of players be put on the reserve COVID list. I know Matt Stafford was just put on the other day. Right. I don't actually know what that entails. But I mean, so it essentially just means that they've either been in contact with someone that has tested positive or they themselves have been tested positive or something to that effect. All right. Okay. And they have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, okay. That makes that makes a good amount of sense. I'm seeing uh, Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew was also just placed on the list uh, recently. Interesting. Yeah. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson just tested positive for the coronavirus, so that's kind of big. Yeah, everyone's start, I think everyone's starting to kind of just like I guess get it a little bit. Well, I mean, like, I mean, it's um, it's. I feel like it's be- when you're bringing back things. I feel like it's bound to happen at least a little bit. Yeah, and like, I think I think props to the NBA and NHL for putting this whole bubble thing together so stuff can happen. I, mean, I don't know about what you guys think. I don't, I don't know what you guys think about it, but like, I'm looking at the MLB right now, and I don't think they're going to be able to continue their season. So yeah. props, props to the bubble, to the bubble sports. I think football has to. I, I know there was rumors that they weren't going to do a bubble. They were going to do traveling. I think after seeing what happened to the MLB, the NFL is going to have to do some kind of bubble or like hot spot cities where like just a few, so that they can limit the testing or testing positive you know yeah yeah i i feel like the nfl is just too big to do like an nba style bubble but like you mentioned maybe something like what the nhl do where you have a couple of hub cities um but i'm starting to wonder because of the amount of guys that have said hey i'm not playing this year if we're even going to have an nfl season or if it's just going to be like scrub league because I'm like, some of the guys that have already pulled out are decently high profile. I mean, we talked about Hightower, Mosley. Um, I forget some of the others. I mean, Chung. What is it? Six or seven different Patriots have already said that they're not playing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm starting to wonder if maybe the season just gets called entirely. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll know a lot more in, like, a month. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think we'll know a little bit more as the season starts to come. Now, one thing going off of that is if this season gets canceled, you know how contracts work. They have all the guaranteed money and stuff. All these rookies that haven't signed their rookie contracts, I don't think they're going to be getting money if if they don't sign their contract in time because they won't be having guaranteed money, right? Mm. That's very true. Because yeah. I know, I know, Joe Burrow just recently signed his contract, so 
obviously he'll be getting guaranteed money, but like I don't I don't I don't necessarily know if anyone's holding out or anything in the rookie class. I haven't seen any reports on it. Like if they do and then all of a sudden they're like, sorry, NFL season canceled, are they gonna get any money? Because they don't they probably don't have another job because they're NFL players and if they don't yeah. get any income from their contract, then what are they gonna do? I figure that the NFL will probably look into that. And, I mean, we've seen guys that have pulled out of the season for COVID reasons, like on their own accord, or if they've been placed on the um, on the, the list that allows them to be exempted from the season. I mean, they're getting 350000 or $150,000 stipends. Like, that's more than enough to live on in a year. Um, so I wonder if maybe the NFL just does that because I mean, yeah, that is a good point for these rookies, uh, if the season does get canceled, but I figured though, they're, they're huge. Um, they're a huge, almost corporation, if you will. I figured they'll do their due diligence. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, I just, uh. Pretty huge piece of news out of the NFL. I know we were kind of buzzing about it when it first happened. Jamal Adams, you know, I said oh, I yeah. said that he was he was talking with Le'Veon Bell about staying that they offered him a new contract and it looked good for him. Then all of a sudden I get a text from I think it was Todd, Jamal Adams to the Seahawks. It might have been Ethan, I don't I'm not sure. I think it was Ethan. I was like, Well shoot. I just said on the last podcast that things are looking a little better and now he's gone. Yeah. Well, obviously, on social media, there's a little, like, beef going on between, obviously, Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Adams after he got traded. Um, So, he probably, he probably, Jamal Adams probably didn't leave on good terms with some of the Jets, we'll Well, say. That might be be part of what happened with what I was saying. I think he, it almost seems like he told Le'Veon that it was all good. And then he left, and I think that might have been what stirred up that whole social media thing. Because Le'Veon came out and said that things were looking good, like I told, like I said in the last podcast. And then all of a sudden, things just were like, "Sorry, Jamal, you're gone to Seattle, halfway across the country, or well, the full way across the country." Yeah. You guys remember when I brought up Darquise Denard, like a bunch of I just saw I just saw what I think you're about to bring up on my NFL page on ESPN. Yeah, so a while back he had signed a contract with the Jaguars after coming from the Bengals, but now he's actually with the Falcons on a one-year deal. So I don't know. That could perhaps be. Big ish. I mean, I could see him as a replacement for uh, Desmond Trufant, but not not a whole lot going on yeah. there. To be fair, I mean, he was a first round pick cornerback, and I definitely don't know if he lived up to that hype. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, one more. I don't remember. I don't think it was a trade. I'm pretty sure it was a free agency sign signing. Our boy Shady McCoy from just around where we live, he just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, is that where he went? Okay. Let, let me let me tell you, 
if that team wasn't scary already, you put an aged veteran, Shane McCoy, who's had a solid career, this 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 team is just like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I thought the Warriors super team a couple years ago was like, wow, this team is wow. Yeah. I mean, literally, the only part of that team that really concerns me is the secondary. Yeah, the secondary did struggle pretty good last year, but at the same time, if they're putting up a thousand points a game with that offense, like it looks like they could. Now, obviously, I know that's not what's going to happen, but like, if they, if they, if that's what they can do, maybe that lack of pass defense doesn't hurt them as bad as we think it does. But obviously, it's still going to be a major problem. You know, if you're if you're playing Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and he's dotting you up with Tyree Kill over the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the game's going to be very. At the same time, if you're playing Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, A, that means you had to get there. Yeah, that's true. Which is kudos on its own. But B, it also means you're playing the Chiefs secondary, which isn't all... Okay, hold up. I realize this is contradictory to what I was saying the other day, but it's it's slightly better than the, um, than the Bucks secondary, but it's not amazing. Yeah. Hey, put some put some respect to my boy Honey Badger's name. Oh no no no! I'm I'm nothing against Teron Matthew, but I'm just saying not a whole lot of depth going on in that secondary. Yeah, you're, you're definitely not wrong there. there. There's not much depth. Um, that's all I got for the NFL. If we want to move on to the NHL, unless you guys have something else. Yeah, I got nothing for NFL. I have one thing for MLB, but if we want to hit NHL first. Yeah, I'm good, too. All right. Well, I mean, the NHL, like we said with the NBA, has just restarted two days ago. There's been a little bit of some, uh, there's been some upsets, I would think. Um, at least I would say there's been some late-game drama. There's been some, some interesting storylines, at least I've seen. The first thing that comes to mind with the upsets is the fact that I'm looking at the first. I'm looking at the first uh, day scores. The Blackhawks, who were the 12 seed, beat the Oilers, and it wasn't like overtime, one goal. It was like they were they were up six two with like five minutes left, and then the Oilers scored two goals to come back. But it was like the Blackhawks looked absolutely stellar. And Ethan, this kind of goes back to your point. When we were talking about our sleeper picks for these playoffs, I the Blackhawks. Yeah, I said I totally agreed with you because these Blackhawks play so well in the playoffs because of how much experience they have. There you go. The Blackhawks dismantled the Oilers last game. And then the one that makes me not so happy is the uh, Montreal Canadiens beat the Penguins over time, but I think I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to talk about it much anymore. I was going to say, did the Canadian beat the Pens? Yeah, that one hurts a little bit because I thought there was no way the Canadians even win a game in the series, and now it's uh, one nothing Canadians. And that was a game, that was a, technically a home game for Pittsburgh. Now I know, you know, home games really don't actually do anything without fans, but, you know, Bengals were favored to win, and then they lost, and I was just like, okay, uh, Wait, 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 hold up. Aren't they playing in Montreal too? 
They're playing in Toronto, I think. Oh, Toronto, that's right. I knew there was, like, one in the east of Canada and one in the west. I'm like, it's Edmonton, right? And I pronounce it's Toronto. Yeah, it's those two. Now, this one, I don't know how I feel about this upset, but the Bruins are the favorite right now, I would say, to win the Stanley Cup, and the Flyers just absolutely dismantled them yesterday, 4-1. Now, granted, as a Penguins fan, absolutely can't stand the Flyers. But I also can't stand Brad Marchand and the Bruins. So, now, but that that was, that was a round-robin thing. I'm pretty sure that's regarding the seeding of the top four teams, so they don't get eliminated. But seeing the Flyers just take apart the Bruins both made it hurt and made me happy because, you know, it, it was never going to be a nice game because one of the teams that I dislike is going to win, but not having the favorite you know, go out and show up against the Flyers was a little bit reassuring. Yeah. Um, I know I watched the Blues Avalanche game, and let me tell you, that was one of the most controversial games I've ever seen because literally with one second on the board, you know, in basketball, if the ball gets off your fingertips before the clock expires, if it goes in, it counts. That's not how it is for hockey. The goal, the puck has to be in the back of the net, or will cross the goal line for it to count. And with one second on the clock, Nazim Kadri put the Avalanche ahead of the Blues to win the game yesterday. I've never seen anything like it. But you know, props to the Avs for beating the defending Stanley Cup champions. Um. Besides that, the only real thing that I have left for NHL news, I know um, the Jets are going to be a little, the Winnipeg Jets are going to be a little shorthanded. Both Patrick Line, well, Patrick Line, I'm pretty sure, opted out of playing. He's their goal scorer and then their best all around player, uh, what's his name? Mark Shifley. He got. Is somewhat dirty play. I don't think it was entirely dirty. I think it was a little. I think it was a little fast-paced play, a little reckless. But I wouldn't say dirty. He got injured and is out for a couple weeks, I believe. So Jets are going to be struggling. But besides that, you know the NHL is back. They've got their games. Some today. I know there's what six games today. So I'll definitely be watching. I don't know if you too will, but. Yeah, that's all I got for the NHL. All right, cool. Um, we kind of mentioned this a little bit beforehand, but if you want to talk about MLB, um, it's it's back, obviously, in a 60-game shortened season. Um, and one of the main storylines is just how many people are testing positive. I mean, the, the Marlins have gotten slammed with COVID-19. Um, they've had, like, what, 14 uh, people within their clubhouse getting uh, or testing positive. And it's not just them, too. I mean, games with the Phillies, who they played, uh, have gotten canceled. Uh, I believe the Cardinals have had a positive yeah, yeah the Brewers, they played each other. I don't, I don't. Well, they either played each other. Or the game was postponed due to positive tests. That's what it was. Yeah, they were supposed to play each other, but then there were two more positive tests that happened again. So, like you said, it's just it's a little bit of a mess. 
Um, I mean, there's I do, uh, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you can go. I was going to switch topics if you... Oh, um, I just do have one more thing for MLB. One of the prevailing storylines is... And part of this is my bias as a Yankees fan, but the other part of it is Aaron Judge has hit, what is it, six homers in five games. Yeah, so so, on fire, I'd say. Yeah, um, and I believe he's either tied or, like, broke A-Rod's record for most home runs in the first eight games, so... That makes me excited if the season does actually play out. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees are definitely looking good. I know I've seen some projections. They're looking to be the World Series favorite. Um, I guess I've I mean, I got some some little stuff for all the other like sports. I know UFC's got some pretty big fights. They finished off Fight Island a couple weeks ago. I was watching all those fights. They just fought in Vegas on Saturday for the first time since the shutdown of all sports, pretty much. So it's nice to see the UFC getting back. They have some some pretty big ones that are coming up. Um, I know there's a lot of speculation regarding Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, There's been some tweets that have said that he's looking to retire after his fight with Justin Gaethje down in uh, October. But there's also been some rumors that he's not done. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, sticking with fighting, I know big old 53-year-old Mike Tyson has announced his return to the uh, boxing ring. I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but that it definitely excites me to see one of the greatest to ever do it return in such a you know unusual age. I mean, to be fair though, it's not like he's fighting like a young guy he's fighting like another dude his age oh yeah that's true but like just to see tyson i mean i never really got to see tyson fight because you know i'm only 17 and tyson was fighting before i really got into martial arts and stuff so like the fact that i just get to see tyson fight like live well hopefully live if i can watch the fight it's just, I don't know, it brings some joy to me that I'm going to be able to watch one of the greatest do it and, like, you know. Um, yeah. I guess, besides that, I just got some little soccer stuff. I know Premier League has finished up. Uh, obviously, Liverpool clinched the title a couple weeks ago, but they're on top. Uh, the relegation battle, I know we kind of ran off Aston Villa, Back in our last podcast, <laughs> they, they managed to pull off a pretty big escape from 19th place up to 17th. We were following that pretty heavily. At least I was. I'm pretty sure you guys were, too. Cause you're oh, no. You that. know we were. We were, yeah. we were pulling for that in the villa. Yeah, I was, watching the, I was watching the championship, too. Yeah, the championship. I'm pretty sure what, during the during the final of the, the playoff. Uh, right? Yeah. What, it's Brentford and Fulham, right? I'm pretty sure. I believe that's... I'm pretty sure that's who we have. And I think Leeds and who... I think West Brom went up? Yeah, West Brom. So, we'll Um, see. um, Speaking of... Speaking of Premier League news, 
I just found out like two days ago. I know there was that huge rumor that that Saudi Arabian guy was going to buy Newcastle and they were going to have all this money to spend on these transfers. They actually pulled out of that deal and no longer will be managing Newcastle. So Newcastle fans, I'm sorry, you will not be pulling in both Messi and Ronaldo on the same deals because you have money. Um, But also, I've heard that same guy is now looking to buy AC Milan. And I think looking at the Italian league, AC Milan's kind of come on in the last couple of weeks of the Italian league. Yeah, they could they could look they could look like the team that could maybe dethrone Juventus uh in that league. Well, I mean, if you look at the Italian league, that was the max top talking point. Juve didn't really dominate like I expected them to this exactly. year. They only oh my gosh, was it? It was one point between Inter Milan and Juventus. Now the season's over, but I mean. You turn one of you turn one of Inter Milan's losses to a draw, and they beat Juventus for the title. That's kind of uncharted territory for at least me as a soccer fan. I don't remember the last time I saw Juventus lose the title. Yeah, well, and I mean, you even look at goal difference. Uh, Inter had a plus forty-five goal difference. Juve had a plus thirty-three. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. If they would have turned one of their losses to draws, they would have beaten them on goal differential. Like, it was that close. I mean, it was was literally the difference between one goal, right? Because, like, if they put in one goal and instead of losing by one, they draw, when they win the title. Unless the game that you're talking about they were they lost by multiple goals, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that's true. But like, what they played? They played. Um, trying to find some game where they lost by one, but you know they don't lose too many games, so I can't really find any. <laughs> I mean, geez, lost to Bologna. Yeah, like. They literally need to pull one more goal in, and they win the league. Like, I don't know. As an Inter Milan fan, I, I don't want to hear that. Now, I'm not one, but like, if I was one, I would not want to hear that because it just would kind of break my heart that my team is literally a goal away from winning the title. Hey, guys, um, I have breaking news. Ethan has breaking news. Let's go for it. Popular WWE superstar and Movie actor The Rock has just bought the XFL for a reported fifteen million dollars. Wait, wait, hold up! Dwayne Johnson just bought the XFL. Yes, for fifteen million. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, well, that cheap? Wow. I mean, all fairness to that, like, I, I think that's a good price because obviously the XFL did not do that well last year. So you were. Vince McMahon, who's the owner of the XFL, was bound not to get, like, a ton of money for it. Yeah, but, I mean, 15, but $15 million for a company like that, that's, that's, uh, I don't know. I it's due it to, no, it says the league, which was set to be auctioned off as part of bankruptcy proceedings, never managed to make it to the gavel as Johnson partnered with Redbird Capital to purchase the league outright, according to a report 
Oh, actually, that does remind me of some other news. It's not necessarily what's happening in sports, but I know after Patrick Mahomes' huge, whatever it was, what, $503 million deal, he became the youngest owner of a professional sports team. He bought into a share of the Kansas City Royals. So that's a little interesting, at least, I think, that Patrick Mahomes, who's a Kansas City Chief, now owns part of the Kansas City Royals. But when you have $503 million, I mean, go for it. Yeah, and I mean, you want to talk about athletes buying sports teams. Um, I don't know how much you guys have seen of this, but Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez, along with a bunch of sports stars, tried to buy the New York Mets. Yes, I did see that. I, I don't remember who else was in that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, me too. It's guys like Brian Urlacher and, yeah, Travis Kelsey, DeMarco Murray. Oh, wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> DeMarco Murray. Yeah, I haven't heard that one in, oh, my, it's been, it's been some years since I have heard DeMarco Murray's name. Okay, it's been like four. Relax. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, that's like that's enough time for another NFL running back to come into his prime and take over the NFL, which has happened. Yeah, aka Christian McCaffrey. Yes, that's true. But like, you know, I'm, isn't it a little bit weird to you that Alex Rodriguez, you know, like historic New York Yankee is trying to buy the other New York franchise. I think it's just because the Mets were for sale. <laughs> it's like Derek Jeter. It's like Derek Jeter. He bought the Marlins. Or it's like the CEO yeah, of that. Mar- like the Marlins, the Marlins aren't like, I don't know. When I think of the New York Yankees, that's like if I was a Steelers player and went and bought the Eagles, I'd be like, I don't know. It does, I mean, business is business. If you can buy a team, I guess go for it. But like, I don't know. If I was to buy my like rival, I guess. See, I feel like when you talk about rivals, though, the Yankees have bigger fish to fry than the Mets. That's true, but like, it's just I don't know that in-state thing. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but at least you didn't go and buy like the Red Sox. Okay, you got a point there. You got a point there. I'll give you that. Or, like, literally anyone else in that division. I mean, the Mets are in a completely different conference. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just... The whole New York, New York thing. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, most Yankees fans will acknowledge that they're better than the Mets anyway, so... Including myself. (laughs) Well, I'm not surprised that one. Um, I got bit. one more thing. If I got, I got one more as well. You want to go with yours first, though? Okay. I mean, I might take yours, but MLS is back. Tournament uh, is kind of wrapping up. They're in the uh, the semifinals, and to me, what was kind of surprising was how far Orlando City has made it, because. Um, I gotta pull up the bracket here. Um, well, they beat I was not, yeah, they did, which I was not expecting. Um, and now they are playing who? Minnesota? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, 
Orlando City could easily win that game because I know now Minnesota, if you look at the score, they won, what, 4-1 against whoever they played before? Yeah, San Jose. I know that kind of, that's like a misleading scoreline, at least in my opinion, because Minnesota was not favored to win that game. And they came out and blew out San Jose. So, you know, maybe we're going to see Orlando City in the, uh, in the final. Yeah. And then other side of the bracket, you've got Portland Timbers versus uh, Philly Union. So, I know who I'll be rooting for that as a Red Bulls fan, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't really root for anybody. Kansas City's out, so I kind of stopped paying attention. Yeah, Salt yeah. Lake, Salt Lake's gone for me. So Red Bulls didn't even make the bracket, so <laughs> that's that's tough. Because we lost to FC Cincinnati two nothing. Oh, wasn't that FC Cincinnati's first win in like a year? Uh I don't think it was first win in a year, but it was pretty bad. Yeah, okay, my, my my little bit of news, I know we kind of brought up the NFL and uh, college football a little bit, but all these conferences in the college football ranks, they're all talking about this whole inter, inter-conference play, but I know I'm looking at the Pac-12, and the Pac-12, there's a lot of players that are looking like they're going to hold out, and, you know, that could be detrimental to the Pac-12, because if you don't like if all these other teams play, then Pac-12 doesn't. And I guess I don't know exactly how that would affect everything, but I just think that'd be a little, little controversial if one of the Power Five conference teams doesn't even play a season. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, a lot of the conferences, um, especially like the big ones, are doing only um, intra-conference play. So I don't know. It, it, it would almost be like when, for example, when soccer started back up and a couple of the international leagues decided not to start back up, like League One. Like, yeah. sure, you didn't get to see PSG beat on people again, but you still had other stuff to watch, and it really didn't affect that much in the grand scheme of things, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's all I got, though. Um, speaking of college, I do have one more thing. Um, so, Notre Dame, for all intents and purposes, for this uh, college football season, will essentially be playing as part of the ACC. Yeah, that that is true. I, I did see that the other day. But that, that kind of sparks a question for me. Because isn't Notre Dame in the ACC for nearly every other sport besides football where they're independent? Yeah. So does that, does that mean that Notre Dame is making a full switch to the ACC? Or no. This year? I think it's just this year. Maybe. Because as an independent, you're not going to be able to play anybody if everyone else is playing only in conference opponents. Well, yeah, but do you think it'll spark that change that'll make it permanent? Because... I mean, not only will Notre Dame not be able to play like, not like conference football if they're not in one, but like, like I said, I mean, Notre Dame basketball is in the ACC. I know Notre Dame lacrosse is in the ACC. Wouldn't it just make sense to 
move into the ACC and it would finally give Clemson some pretty big competition. Now I know schools like uh, UNC have started to come on in the past like year or two and challenge Clemson a little bit, but I mean, it might it, it might just make a little bit of it makes a little bit of sense in my head for them to just be like, okay, we're in the ACC for everything else. Let's go in the ACC for football. Yeah. I, I personally don't know the reasoning for why they've stayed independent so long, so perhaps. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting, especially this year, to see maybe if Clemson plays them. I think they've got to. There's no way that ACC schedulers are going to not put that match up. Like, like we said, I think it's, it's a universal thing to know that the ACC is probably the easiest comp- competitive conference in the Power Five for football, and everybody knows Clemson's going to win that conference year in and year out as long as they keep playing the way they do. So I, I think if you're a scheduler for the ACC and you see Notre Dame come in, I think there's no way that you can bypass that matchup. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, I don't think Notre Dame's going to make that much of a splash. Uh, I, mean, I don't, I don't either. But I don't either, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, like I said, there are some te- there are some teams that are blossoming and have challenged Clemson a little bit. I mean, I think back to the one point game against UNC, but like, like I said, there's not really competition. And although Notre Dame might still lose by fourteen, it's better than watching Clemson beat Wake Forest by seventy five. Yeah. No offense to Wake Forest, you know, but just putting that out there. All right, that was kind of a long news segment, but at the same time, I think we've been gone for a week and a half or two, so. Yeah. Right. Um, All right, so I guess now we're going to do our Premier League All-Star team. Yeah, um, we have a, what's a 4-3-3, that's the technical name for it, right? Yeah. So, just for the sake of the viewers... Uh, four forwards, three mids, um, three defenders. Wait, no, no, Todd, Todd, it's four, it's four defenders. Seriously? Yeah, it's four, it's four defenders, three mids, three forwards. That should have been specified in the text. Oh my gosh. Uh, well. That's awkward. You know what, Todd, you can just change your formation. We'll, we'll just roll with that. Yeah, you know what? I you know what? My team is so offense heavy. I don't, I'm not even going to need four defenders. So that's fair. We'll just pretend like that was meant to happen. Yep. Anyway, so that's at least what I'll be doing. But the other guys will have three forwards, three mids, four defenders, goalie, and we all did three subs, correct? Yeah. I have a I have a goalie sub as well, but like. I don't have to say him if we don't want to, but... This is so extra. Like, why? I, I know, but I really felt bad leaving this guy off my list, although uh, I really think my goal I think he needs to be said. Huh? He needs to be included if you feel that bad about it. Okay, well, for our subs, we all picked guys that were like, you know, they play, but they don't play as much, right? Right. But, like, this guy starts every single game for his team, but I feel like he just doesn't, like, people don't really know about him that much. I put a, I put Dean Henderson on my bench. He was my backup goalie. 
I forget I who does he play for. He plays for Sheffield. Sheffield. I feel like I saw that. And he had a pretty decent season. I mean, Sheffield led the league in shutouts, so I thought I think at least they're well. Technically, they're called clean sheets, but I don't know. That's I actually think. not a bad goal to save ratio. Yeah. 33 goals on 97 saves. I don't know. I just thought I, I felt so bad. Like, I was like, this guy deserves some praise. But, like, I'm not going to give it because he's not going to make my he's not going to make my starting goalkeeper. So, yeah. All right. So, do we just want to go position by position or do we want to do someone's full team? We want to just go, like, attackers, and then we all say all our attackers, and then midfield, and then we all say our midfield. Let's go for it. All right. Who wants to go first? Ethan, I know you're always eager to go I'll, first. So we're doing attackers first? Yeah. Okay, so, JR, you're going to like my striker. I had the um, leading goal scorer in the Premier League this year, uh, Jamie Vardy, up top. I'll take it. I'll take it. At right wing, I have... Uh, Mo Salah. That's gonna hurt. And it does. And left wing, I have Raheem the Dream Sterling. Solid team, I'd say. Uh, I guess I'll just go next. Uh, yeah, go for it. Essentially, I have the same team. I got Salah and Sterling on the wings. Now, I know. My boy Jamie Vardy led the leading goals. And you would think that would make me put him in striker. And this is probably, I wouldn't say this is controversial, but like a lot of people have been hating on Harry Kane this past year, but they also have to, for, they also forget that he's been hurt for a greater part of the year. And especially the last two weeks of the Premier League, Harry Kane really came on and he scores some goals. I think I saw at least five goals in the last two weeks from Harry Kane. And so I have Harry Kane striker over Jamie Vardy. It's a little bit more because of potential that Harry Kane has where I don't think Jamie Vardy's going to get much better, but I think Harry Kane's already a solid guy up there with the likes of Jamie Vardy and can get better at age, what, 24, 26? So, for me, mine is looking vastly different than both of your guys, partially because I put Sala and Sterling both at mid because that's what they're listed on as, at least from what I've seen there. That's fair. Um, and of course I also have the four forward lineup, but I also, I had both Vardy and Kane. Um, I also put in Danny Ings out of what, Southampton. Yeah. Um, him. He's pretty solid this year. I'll give you, I'll give you that. Yeah. And then of course I got to go with my boy, Pierre Emmerich, Obama Yang out of Arsenal. Um, so you had the top three goal scorers on your list. Yep. I mean, if you want goals, that's definitely the way to go for it. I think they had combined, what, 65 goals this year? Um, Some 67. Close. Yeah, that's definitely solid. I, I, and then another 18 from Kane. Yeah, I mean, I, I would take it. Definitely. If that, I mean, if that was my team, I would not be complaining. All right, Ethan, you want to roll us into the midfield? Uh, yeah, let's do it. So, um, I kind of did the four three three attack where you have two center mids and like a cam almost. 
Wait. Okay. Something like that. No, I didn't. I kind of put three midfielders down. Um, right. I I have Kevin De Bruyne, which I feel like's almost like a given, kind of, based okay. on how he played this year. Yeah. Um, I have your boy, uh, James Madison. Jeez, man, you're picking more foxes than I have on my team. And also, I got Manchester United's Bruno Fernandez. All right. I mean, that's fair. I actually, I know you said that Kevin De Bruyne was a given. He's not on my team, and it's partially because of the way that I wanted, I wanted my midfielders. So I actually went with Manchester City's Bernardo Silva, simply because I think he's one of the best on-ball players in the whole entire Premier League. And honestly, probably Europe, because the way he just dribbles with that ball, he's so fast, has such good like composure and dribbling skills. So I think he's a pretty solid player. I put him there. I also went with Bruno Fernandes out of United. Got that Portuguese uh, uh, chemistry there between Silva and Fernandes. Fernandes had an absolutely stellar season. I mean, he played the second half of the Premier League and played better than half the midfielders in the whole entire Premier League. And then I almost went with this. Uh, I went with a more defensive approach for my third midfielder. Now, this is a little bit of bias because he was a former Fox. I remember thinking Golo Conte. I know he didn't play as much this season, but he is one of the best CDMs in the world. And I would put him I put him as my CDM in a heartbeat. So, at least on my end, like with the forwards, I mean, really the whole team, the strategy behind this is you might be a little bit more skilled than us, but we're going to outscore you every single every single game. So I went with some serious heavy hitters as far as goal-scoring capability. And like I said before, I considered Salah and Sterling as, as mids, not as forwards. So I had them both um, as mids. And then to round that out, again, pure goal-scoring ability, I went with Anthony Martial out of uh, Man U, Put up 17 goals and six assists. I mean, those are the kind of guys that I need if I'm just going to beat you into the next century on goal-scoring ability. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I mean, I know we looked at the goals per your strikers, just your top three, and had 67. And I know if you added Kings, you said another 18. And if you added your midfielders, you're definitely looking at well over 100 goals. Oh, absolutely. I mean... 18 plus the 67 is going to be 85 just from strikers. And then you add in the mids, that's another 56. So 141. Yeah, I did not realize it was that close to 150. That's impressive. I definitely say. All right, Ethan, you want to round them out with the defenders? And should I do my goalie as well? Yeah, just put your goalie in there. Okay, so my two center backs are Virgil van Dijk and Harry Maguire. Okay. My right back is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Okay. And my left back is uh, uh, Lucas Dini out of Everton. There it is, Todd. There's something yep. being controversial with his favorite team bias, except I can't really talk because I'm going to get mine started with 
the only fox that made this list. I went. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't say my goal yet. Oh shoot! That's right, you didn't. I went with I, I went with Allison. Yeah, I, that that's fair. Now, like Ethan, I went with my favorite team's left back. I went Ben Chilwell. I think Ben Chilwell makes a better argument than Lucas Digne. I don't know about you, but I mean, Chilwell had an absolute stunner of a goal against Watford. He's a very good. He's a very, very forward-pressing fullback. I definitely want him on my team. On the opposite side of fullback, I want another guy that's exactly like that. I went with Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. Um, and center back, I feel like this is kind of an obvious pick just because of how much hype he's gotten. I mean, he was a favorite for a Ballon d'Or. I think he finished top five in voting last year. Virgil van Dijk, again, like I said, obvious pick, I feel like. Then I kind of... Harry Maguire actually had a lot better of a season than I thought he did before. I, or, well, I checked that after I made this list. And I've always taken a liking to this guy. I just went Toby Alderbarrel. I mean, he's solid. And part of it might have been the fact that I made this list while watching Tottenham play and Toby Alderbarrel scored a header. So there's a little bit of bias in this one, but I still think Toby Alderbarrel is a solid defender. He's a little up there in age, but yeah, you know what? If you guys don't like it, Whatever. And then I also went Allison in goal, although, honestly, same thing kind of with Toby, Toby Alderweireld. I don't know if I like that pick anymore, so I'm just going to switch, and I'm going to say David De Gea, because I think David De Gea is one of the best, and Ethan, he tried to talk me out of it, but I'm going to be real. De Gea had a better save percentage than Allison, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I believe he did, yeah. And it was by like 4%, I think. Oh, it, it, I think it was more than that. It was, it was like a decent bit better. Now, obviously, Allison won the league, so there's a little bit there, but I'm, I'm going to switch from Allison to De Gea. I think, honestly, De Gea was much better. I'm just going to do some quick math here. Um, so, Allison had 58 saves and let in 23 goals. So, that's a little under... Um, 0.4 goals per save. Then you look at De Gea, who, let me pull up his stats here, had 96 saves and let in 36 goals. Yeah. Yeah, he has just shy of 0.38 goals per per save. So, to be slightly better. That Liverpool defense probably stopped a good amount of shots, or like you know the save for this, the num the sheer numbers of shots on goal for Liverpool were a little less. Right, the defenses, but still, when you look at per goal percentage per save, you know it's close. But De Gea is ahead of them, like you said. I tell you what, my guy blows yours both out of the water, but I'll get to him in a little bit. Um. So, like I said, I screwed up what you guys meant on the group chat. So I went with three backs. And like you guys both said, I'm going to make it three. I went with Virgil van Dijk. Um, simply, I, partially on goal scoring. But, I mean, you guys gave plenty of reasons as to why he's honestly probably one of the best defenders in the league um but i mean he put up five goals too 
So what? That puts me at 146. And you know what? I'm even going to get to 150 with my two next guys. So um, I also went Harry Maguire simply because he is huge. He's 6'4", 218 pounds, I believe. That's the kind of guy I want in my backfield who's just going to destroy somebody trying to press on towards my goalie. Um, yeah, 6'4", 218. Um, and then I went with Marcus Alonso out of Chelsea again on um, goal scoring. He didn't start much, uh, only started 15 games. But in those 15 games, he scored four times. So, again, this is going to be a really aggressive team that just marches down the field onto um, the opposing side of the pitch. And I want an aggressive backfield to complement my aggressive guys playing up front. I mean, to be fair, that backfield does have what I would consider two of the best defensive defenders in McGuire and Van Dyke. So it's not like you're just pure goal scoring. You got two guys back there that can stop some serious attack if need be. And then, of course, the goalkeeper we've all been waiting for. I went with Hugo Lloris out of uh, Tottenham. He had 81 saves compared to just 21 goals. And that, my friends, gives him a, a ratio of, well, 21 to 81, which is just south of .26 goals per save. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I definitely went between De Gea, Allison, and Lloris was back there. I think those are probably your top three keepers in the league. Definitely not Keppa. Uh, I think we can all agree that that was not a good pick if anybody was going to pick him. But, <laughs> yeah, Lloris is solid. Uh, all right, do we want to do our three subs? Go for yeah. it. I went with Eric Lamella out of Tottenham. I went with Wynjaudum, I think is how you say it, out of Liverpool. And I went with Origi out of Liverpool. Dude, were you just trying to hurt yourself while picking this team? I mean, credit. You have, like, like seven Liverpool players and, like, three Leicester players. I know you don't like Leicester because I like them. Like, were you just, like, painfully putting these guys down? It was painful, but I got to give credit where credit's due. Liverpool had one of the, uh, if had the season not been paused, they probably would have maybe broke a hundred. I mean, that's fair. All right. Um, my bench is, I kind of went with, like, younger guys on the bench that don't get playing time simply because they're a little bit younger, and because of that, they're not nearly as skilled as the guys on my starting team. But, like, I still think they're pretty solid. Now, I went with an attacker, a midfielder, and defender. I think, Ethan, you did the same thing. I, Yeah, right? Uh, I think I did, like, three... I did two midfielders and an attacker. Okay, so... My... Technically, my one guy can be interchanged as literally all three of them because that's just what he plays. So, Todd, I had one Arsenal player, and he's on my bench. I went with Bakayo Saka. He's really come on after the restart, and he's 19, and he can literally play anything on the left side from left mid to left wing to left back. 
So I think he's a pretty solid player to have on my bench to come on and replace, you know, Raheem Sterling or something in like the 70th minute. I know this is all hypothetical, but that's at least how I see it working out. I have a little bit of American bias. I went with Pulisic. Pulisic's been on fire since the restart as well, scoring like eight or nine goals. He had 21 goals and assists in the Premier League this year. And well, although he kind of, I don't know if you saw, he kind of, did something really bad to his hamstring, allegedly. Just, like, in the FA Cup final. See. I did not see. Yeah, he I took a... I, it looks pretty serious in the FA Cup final, uh, which Arsenal did win, so congrats, Todd. But, yeah, yeah, he went down in that game after scoring a goal, and it, it, does, it doesn't look too good for him, I don't think. Hold on, let me... Let me. Okay, so I'll give you my second one, then I'm going to look up what happened to Christian Bliss, or my third guy. I went with the guy who can play fullback. Um, he's the guy, but he's behind uh, Benjamin Mendy. Yeah, that's who plays for City. He's behind Mendy and Walker, and I think he's a solid guy. He kind of fits my idea of what I like in fullback uh, as a fast-paced guy. Um, I went with Jao Kinsalo, like I said, very fast. Again, he's kind of young, so he's not as good as my fullbacks that I've got on my team, but I would bring him in to develop him during, you know, late in the game, and I think that he could definitely make an impact if need be. So, yeah, that's my bench. Also, Ethan, it says that Blissick is looking to be back soon. Oh. Last time I heard yesterday, it was sounded like it was pretty bad. That's what he says. He says he'll be back in no time. Okay, then. Never mind. Oh, shoot. But they still have to play the Champions League. I forgot about that. That's, that's a topic for, like, another day. Champions League. Todd, you can go on your defenders. All right. Um, so, match, I mean. yeah. So, I did two forwards and a midfielder. Um... And these guys, again, like I said, full scoring ability, but um, one of these guys is definitely on the younger side, uh, kind of an up-and-comer who hasn't gotten a whole lot of playing time, um, but I'll get to him in a second. First, I had uh, Gabriel Jesus out of Man City. Um Now, he had 22 starts, but he also subbed in 13 times, and in those, scored 14 times. So, that's always good for goal-scoring firepower, but he also, he knows how to pass, too, because he had seven assists. Um, Then the young guy I was talking about, I have Mason Greenwood out of uh, Man U. Um, Again, he's, what, only 19? Um, yeah, he's special. Yeah, he's been he's on the the U twenty team, I believe, or the U twenty one team. Um, only twelve starts, nineteen subs, and ten goals. So, I mean, I I could definitely use a guy like that who you kind of develop through the system um, to become a key role player. And then I went a little off the wall with this midfielder. I went with the Ukrainian Andrei Yarmolenko out of West Ham. All right. 
five goals, 13 substitutions in, and 10 starts. I feel like he's the kind of anchor I need to come on, you know, in the later half of the game. Uh, Granted, he is 30, but, I mean, this is a guy who has Ukrainian national team uh, experience. He's no stranger to competition, so... Yeah. yeah, not exactly my first pick, but he, I, I've heard of him a good bit, so I, I wouldn't disagree with putting him on the bench. Um, we want to go into our little sponsored message from our good friends over at Anchor. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so check this out. Thank you for uh, listening to that little message from our sponsor. Um, so now we're going to get briefly into some Madden ratings here. Um, I mean, for the most part, I would say that on the vast majority, the three of us would probably agree with the ratings that Madden has put out for its players. Eh. But, okay, I'm saying on the vast majority. Yes, I would say the vast majority of them, I'm like... Like, for example, Patrick Mahomes is a 99. We can all agree Patrick Mahomes deserves a 99. Yeah, okay. However, however, there are a number of ratings that I look at and I go, excuse me, that guy is either way too high or way too low. Yeah. I think we can all agree that that also happens at some of these ratings, at least. Oh, very much so. So I guess we're just going to go in and we're going to talk about, I mean, you know, a lot of people might think Madden ratings are dumb. You know, it's just a video game. These NFL players care and they care about their Madden ratings as much as they do how much money they get. If you if you look at Twitter, when Madden ratings come out, guys are tweeting at Madden and they are upset. Like these guys take these things pretty seriously, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, um, I would say. So, obviously, I'll just say the 99 club this year is Aaron Donald, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Patrick Mahomes, and Stefan Gilmore. Does anyone have any problems with those guys being 99s? I, I think, I mean, you're looking at the receiver who led the league, you're looking at the, uh, my opinion, I think Patrick Mahomes definitely deserves it. And Gilmore, again, defensive player of the year. We talked about McCaffrey in the early going as a, you know, the guy that runs it. Aaron Donald is one of the best defensive players. My my thing with Aaron Donald is I don't know if he, how did he have a really good year last year? Or no. He had I the way I look at it is Aaron Donald did not have an Aaron Donald prime year last year, but he still had a better year than most defensive tackles. I would say year. put him at a ninety eight almost. Because I don't. And Michael Thomas, I mean, that's always going to, there's always going to be that wide receiver debate that's going on. I mean, like, in all honesty, this ain't Alabama, this isn't Alabama bias, but I think a poll said, like, took him by NFL players said that Julio Jones was much better than Michael Thomas. I would debate that. That's what the the NFL players said in the poll. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that's what they said. I don't know if much better is the right word. I could see debate saying that Julio Jones is a better wide receiver. Well, okay, not much better, but I think it was like 
who's the great who's the best wide receiver like Michael Thomas or Julio? And I think most people put picked Julio over Michael Thomas. Well, it, it depends on the time period you're looking at because last year I would say there was no one better than Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, he had a record-setting year, and he paired with one of the greatest quarterbacks of the past twenty-five years. So, I don't know. Compare that to Julio, who maybe over the past ten years has been one of, if not the best receiver in the league. But I don't know. I feel like. No offense to Matt Ryan, he's a little bit of a notch down from Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say that Matt Ryan is bad, because he's not. He's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But, I don't know. If, if we're talking purely based on last year, yeah, I'd say most certainly that, that Michael Thomas was better than Julio. Now, one of the guys in Madden I thought didn't get a lot of love um, and this is Steelers bias, but TJ Watt was only rated in 86 after the season he had. Well, I don't even think it's just TJ Watt. I think they undersold Minka Fitzpatrick as well. I mean, even as a 90, I think Minka Fitzpatrick is at lowest a 92 and at highest a 94. Oh, I no, he's an 87. I'm sorry. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is a low to mid 90. I don't think he's an 80. I think he's definitely a 90. What about TJ Watt? T.J. Watt was, what, top three in Defensive Player of the Year? I mean... And he's an 86 overall. Yeah, like, I think they really did the Steelers dirty. I'm going to go and put some bias. I think they really, and I'm talking really, did my boy Kyler Murray dirty. What'd they give him? A 77. After winning Rookie of the Year, even if it's the... Even if it's debatable, even if the rookie of the year was debatable, uh, I'd still put it. He still wanted, so I'd still put him at least an eighty-three, eighty-four. Yeah, I think seventy-seven is completely disrespectful to Kyler Murray, and he was pretty upset about it. Like I said on Twitter, um, I also have a little, not a huge problem, but I think there are like there's there's two guys that I have a little bit of a problem with how high they were. Now, it's not necessarily talent, but just downs of football a little bit. J.J. Watt got a 98, and the guy played, like, five games. Yeah. Like, I I could see, like, maybe mid-90s, but a 98 is just a little bit high for me. And then another guy that I have a little bit of a problem with due to just lack of playing football is they gave Rob Gronkowski a 95. Yeah, I have a huge problem with that. I don't think he's been in the league for, what, two years now? I think it's just one, but I mean... But still, like, I you, I would give him maybe a 90 at best. I would say anywhere between, like, 92 and 88, honestly. That's I give him a 90 at best. I, I, obviously, if he does really well this year, you can improve his rating. Yeah. Someone else that's... I think got done a little dirty. I think Quentin Nelson um, should be... Like a ninety, he's a ninety four this year. He should be up there with like David Bakhtiari and all those guys. He should be like a ninety seven. Zach Martin's a ninety eight, and I would argue Quentin Nelson is as good, if not better, than Zach Martin. So the fact that he's not a high ninety kind of bugs me. Another thing that kind of bugs me is 
you know, there's all this talk we've discussed with, like, Julio or Michael Thomas. There's a huge debate on whether you would rather have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. And although it's not that big of a difference, Kittle's a 98 and Kelsey's a 97. I think if there's so much debate, if one or the other's better, you got to put them at the same overall. Someone else, I don't agree with getting a 97. I don't know if I agree with Vaughn Miller getting a 97. I don't know. It's a little high, but at the same time, eh. Same thing with Khalil Mack. I don't think he had a Khalil Mack year last year. Yeah, I was kind of going to bring up Khalil Mack. I feel like 97 based on the year that he had, which, I mean, that's, you know it's bad when even he himself recognized that he played subpar. Like, I feel like he's got to be lower than that, but. What do you feel about Lamar Jackson getting a 94? I was actually about to bring that up. I'm looking at not just Lamar Jackson. I'm also looking at Derrick Henry who are the best two players statistically at their position, and both of them are 93 and 94. I'm not saying, you know, 98, 99, but it's just a little disrespectful, I think, to Lamar Jackson for winning the MVP and doing what he did and then not even giving him a high 90. Where'd they put Nick Nick Bosa? Honestly, I don't even see Bosa, to be honest. He should be up there, too, with, like, TJ Watt. Well, I mean, I'm looking at... Uh, Nick Bosa's an 89. Joey is ahead of him, which I don't know if I agree with. Jamal Adams is a 92. I think a lot of people you would talk to would talk about Jamal Adams uh, at worst top two safety in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little... Eh. I mean, I'm looking at the range. Like Todd said, a good amount of the ratings are pretty correct. It's just the ones that you're just like, hold on a second. Is that really, you know, honest, I'm looking right now and I cannot find Devontae Adams and it's kind of bugging me because No, he's a 94. Yeah, I I must have skipped over. Someone else thinks they did a little dirty. They did Derwin James dirty. He's only an 89, but I think he is hurt all last year, so yeah. I mean, you want to think about playing time? He didn't get playing time because he was hurt. Yeah, that's true. I will say, why on earth is Mitchell Schwartz, what, a 96? Yeah, I don't... Mm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too... It's, it's an interesting range. And also, least. I've got a problem with Tredavious White only being a 90. Yes, Tredavious White got... Both in the Madden ratings and the NFL 100 got absolutely stoked. I mean, the guy was a top two corner. Only Stefan Gilmore was better than him. There was no one else better yeah. than him last there year. There's not a single guy better than him. And, and they, it was kinda, they put Jair Alexander ahead of him, which I don't agree with. They put Jair Alexander top four, maybe, but like they put Richard. They put Richard Sherman ahead of him. Yeah, Richard Sherman's rating was a little inflated in my in my opinion. What was he a ninety three? Ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah, I, I don't think they Richard put Jalen Sherman's Ramsey as a ninety four. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of how high Ramsey got put. But. I think Ramsey's kind of like uh, Mac and Donald. I mean, Jalen Ramsey. I think we can all agree the top five cornerback in the league. Right now, based on what he's played like in past seasons for last year, I mean, 
Ramsey didn't play to the level that I thought he would. So maybe 94 is a little high. I'd still keep him in the 90s. I think maybe if you have, high. I'd say if Jalen Ramsey is 94, Travis White's like a 95 or 96. No, no, I would agree, but I don't think, I don't think, I think if you switch Tredavious White and Jalen Ramsey, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I agree, yeah. Obviously, like, Chandler Jones a 95. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you're saying that's a little high, but Chandler Jones is an absolute beast. I didn't say, I just, I don't know. I just, Clyde's can when I. I like that, though, honestly. Yeah, I, I like it. I just. Some of these, like, Mitchell, like, you're right, the Mitchell Schwartz thing, like, I don't understand how that guy's a 97. Well, I'm looking at Darren Waller. This guy came on last year. He's only 85. I mean, I'd give the guy 87, 88, 89. I mean, it's not that big of a chance difference, but I think Darren Waller was a very good tight end last year. But how much of that was, like, a one-off thing, too? I just feel like... You want to talk about guys like Gronk who have missed a season? Darren Waller didn't do, like, anything the seasons beforehand and then suddenly exploded last year. Okay, I just found something. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Todd. No, I was just going to say how much of that is a fluke, and I, I really don't know, but I feel like 85 is kind of valid. Someone I think got done absolutely dirty, Derek Carr is a 79. Man, there's a reason he was on my underrated team. Derek Carr's at least an 82. Yeah, he, yeah. he and Kyler Murray should be bumped up to 83s. Well, I'm looking at another guy that I think they might have done a little dirty. It hurts to say, because he's an eagle, but Zach Ertz is only a 90. I feel like he's a little closer to Kelsey and uh, Kittle than seven overall points away. I mean... I'm not, I'm not saying Ertz. I'm not saying Ertz is like a 96 and he's that close. But I don't think he's seven overall points away from Kelsey. But he did have to split playing time with Dallas Goddard last year. And he most certainly did not have a Zach Ertz type year. He just didn't. Now, yeah, I guess that's true. Now, Todd, as a Vikings fan, Stefan Diggs got a 92. Adam Thielen got a 90. What's your uh, opinion on that? I think it's pretty accurate. You Maybe think... bump up Thielen a little bit, but... I think that's pretty accurate. Okay. I think, I think to be honest, I think the only thing that'll give Diggs a little bit better of a rating than Steven is Diggs is notorious for having, like, hands that can catch everything. Yeah. But I don't see much of a difference. Like you were saying, Todd, it's a pretty close one. I put them pretty equal. You know who got, did really dirty? Leighton Vander Esch. That kid had a nice season last year. He's an 83. Wasn't he injured for a lot of it, though? Yeah, but he still had an insane season, and he's had oh, many seasons. I, I, I agree, but again, we keep talking about missed playing time. Dude, I think that's make up for the missed playing time. I don't know. I feel like last year was, what, his second season in the league? Maybe third? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I feel like for a young guy who hasn't been in the league that long, have a huge injury, I feel like that's pretty valid where they put him. I mean, if you're talking about guys that really got snubbed, in my opinion, that are on the Cowboys, I thought he was higher than Leighton Van Resch. Jalen Smith was just barely an 80 at 81. 
I yeah. think he had I think he had a pretty good season last year. He played all of his stats. He's only eighty one. Yeah, perhaps a snub. I will say a couple of guys who I think got really hyperinflated. I might get a little backlash for this, but I'm saying Calais Campbell. Not going to argue that he's a beast, but I feel like 95 is high for him, especially given his age and the fact that he plays. They have him listed as an end, but he's pretty much a nose tackle. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think. I mean, wasn't he? He was on somebody's underrated list or something like that. Was he? He was on somebody's something list. I can't. I can't remember what he was on. I might have had him on A-list, but it wasn't underrated, I don't think. But, I mean, I think we all recognize Calais Campbell's talent, and he's a veteran presence, but, like you said, 95's a little much. I think also someone that got overinflated, I think Miles Garrett is not a 93. No, I think he is. I just think you're being a little biased because he smashed a helmet over Mason Rudolph's head. I mean, I hate him for that. But Miles Garrett is a freak on the edge. Yeah. I also think Devin McCourty should not be a 92. Yeah. yeah I, I think he's lower, like mid-80s. I think, like, Yannick Ngakwa's an 83 in this game. I think he's like an 87 or an 88. I think, yeah, Ngakwa's a pretty solid guy. They gave Chris Jones a 92, which I would maybe boost that up a little bit, too. I think the, the hype around Chris Jones is obviously there, but I think a lot of it is inflated by the fact that he thinks he's like... I feel like he inflates his hype a little more than it actually is. I don't know. I always see him talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Teddy, Teddy. I, I also feel like both Kevin Byard and even though he's a Viking, Michael Pierce... Both got really overrated at 91. Yeah, Michael Pierce, I don't think, even started last year because he was sitting behind Linval Joseph. Yeah, I would agree with that. Another guy that I think almost, I don't know, maybe he's maybe he's where he deserved, but Chris Godwin's only an 88, and he was the second best wide receiver when it, or third best wide receiver when it came to receptions. And he was, I mean, I don't know. Man, someone else, old. someone else was sleeping on Max Crosby. Only got a seventy-seven. No, that's just wrong. <laughs> I was upset about that. And also, I saw um, Anthony Harris, the uh, free safety for the Vikings, only an eighty-three. I would argue last year he had just as he had a way better season than an eighty-three. Yeah, I think he should be like. Way closer to Harrison Smith. Yeah, I don't... I mean, no, I, I wouldn't say way closer to Harrison Smith. I think Harrison Smith is also a top three safety bet- between uh, Jamal Adams and Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think he deserves better than 83. Yeah. How about Allen Robinson at 89? I uh, think that's a that, little high for him. That's just know. wrong. I, mean, I, I know I speak highly of Mitch Trubisky. Not highly, but I, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Mitch Trubisky played terrible last year. Now Robinson still had 1,200 yards. I mean, yeah, but he's ranked ahead of Cooper Cup. I would put Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson in the same tier. 
Seriously? Yeah. Puck was insane. I think Robinson was equally, I mean, especially with, I don't know. Robert Woods, Puck. I think, should not, should be at where Cooper Cup is. Oh, at least. Robert Woods is only an 86. Which I think is just egregious, but... Yeah, Max... I don't, how is Max Crosby a 77? Probably because he's a rook, but... Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is only an 89. And Tom he's Brady's a, a 9. And I love Tom. I'm the greatest player of all time. I will, I will vouch for that until Patrick Mahomes passes him. But... Tom Brady did not have a good year last year, and he was not better than Aaron Rodgers. No question in my mind. I think Aaron Rodgers deserves at least a ninety-one, if not a little bit. I feel like my, I feel like with Aaron, Rod- I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but I feel like they always put Aaron Rodgers in that eighty-nine, ninety range they have for the past like five years. Yeah, that is true. They have. I feel like Aaron Rodgers has kind of been done dirty by bad the last couple of years. Now that you say that. I do remember having this exact thought that Aaron Rodgers is a little bit better than what he was put last year. Because I remember, like, every year, he always comes out as, like, an 89 or 90. I'm like, that's a little low. I think he should be, like, a 93, 94. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I honestly would love to sit in on, like, a Madden, uh, yeah. a Madden rating meeting and just see how they do this. Because, you know, there's what? There's like 60 players per NFL team, and there's 32 teams. So for the most part, a lot of these are correct. But then you just got guys that are just like, huh? Yeah. Again, I'm looking at Greg Olson. Greg Olson did not have that great of a season last year. He's an 86. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's what, higher than David Waller. I, what do, you, what do, you, do you think Russell Wilson should be a 97 if Lamar's only a 94? I do. I think I think they got Russell Wilson right. I think they got Lamar wrong. Yeah. I know this. I know this is a Madden rating, but with the addition of Jamal Adams and uh, if Javon Clowney signs back, actually, never mind. I'm gonna save that. Okay. So what do you hot take? Yeah, that's gonna be my hot take. So, what do you think about Jared Goff? Is only a seventy-six. That's dirty. I don't think Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff and Kyler Murray both are way better than what they were given. I think he's in the same exact boat. I mean, let's be real here. Jared Goff did not play, you know, Jared Goff's Super Bowl level like he did a couple years ago. But he's not a seventy-six. Come on, that's what Joe Burrow is. Joe Burrow didn't play it down in the NFL. Baker's a seventy-eight. Like, come on, like, don't don't do Jared Goff dirty like that. Baker's a seventy-eight. I don't, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, based on the year he had last year, I kind of do. Dude, a 78? Come on. I, I don't know. I'm kind of with the 78 on that. Eh. How do we feel about the fact... Now, rookie ratings were the first to come out, but how do we feel about the fact that Henry Ruggs is the highest-rated rookie? Not a fan. No, I, I don't agree with that. Even as an Alabama fan, Ethan, you're not going to, like, kind of take credit for that? No, I think, if anything, it should be Chase Young. Shoot, where is Chase Young? Wait, isn't Chase Young higher? Wait, is he? I thought he was. 
I thought he was too, but he's not on this list as higher. Huh. Ooh, the, an interesting one. What do you think about Gardner Minshew only being a 70? To be fair, I'm kind of okay with that, actually. Yeah, to be fair, he got a lot of hype because he was nice when he came into the league. But I don't so, think he's necessarily talented like that. Do you think Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo's an 83? bit high, I think. I think you're I right. Think I think it's fair. But yeah, what is Chase Young's Madden rating? Because I can't, I don't see him on here. Mm. He's, he's, an, he's an 80. He's an 80. So he's just not listed as a rookie? Or... No clue. How do we feel? I've got a pair of offensive linemen that I think are really high. One of them being... Ali Marpet of the Buccaneers, who I had never even heard of, is an eighty-nine. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, and if you look at his stats, he's gotten he only has, he his only stat that you can see that's above eighty-nine is his awareness is ninety-three. All of his other stats are below that. Right. fair. The only reason I know who he is is because in that twenty, he was pretty easy to trade for, and he would go up pretty high. Oh. Okay, tell who's your other guy. Uh, Brandon Linder, the center for the Jaguars, is an 87. Mm, yeah, again, he's, I don't... He's got the same ranking as Brandon Scherf, the Pro Bowl uh, right guard for the Redskins, or Washington football team. Oh, Todd, Todd, you just screwed yourself there. I think that's dumb, that's just me, but... We're not going to get into that. Yeah. yeah. Someone else, I think I, that... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jar. To, to be fair, I've... Just, just from playing the Madden games, the career mode, like, almost like it's my job over the last three years. Now, I, don't, I don't play, you know, professionally, actually, but I play a good amount of Madden. Andrew Norwell and Brandon Linder have always been rated a little high, in my opinion. They've always been... Now, is Norwell still playing for the Jaguars? I don't know. Well, that's the point. Those two were always, you know, Jaguar linemen, and I have always thought they've been a little high. They've, I'm pretty sure they're an 89 and 90 pairing or somewhere. No, by. Andrew Norwell's only an 83. No, no, no. I'm talking about in Madden 20. Oh. I'm, they've always been a little bit high. Someone I think is a little low. I think Dak's a little low at an 84. I think, I think Dak, Dak probably thinks he's a lot higher than that. I don't think he's a lot higher. I think he's like maybe like an 87, 88. Yeah. I'd almost say an 86, 87, yeah. Someone explain to me why Johnny Hecker is an 86 overall and has the same ranking as Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Yeah, I was just... I was just looking at them like, how? Where's Deshaun Watson on this list? Deshaun Watson was like probably the fourth best quarterback in the league, and he's an 86. Like, I'm sorry, I'm probably yeah, gonna, I'm gonna tick off some people, but Deshaun Watson should have a better Madden rating than Tom Brady this year. No question. I think if you're looking at MVP or quarterback, best quarterback of the year, I mean, you're looking at probably, obviously, Mahomes, Lamar, and Russell Wilson are probably your top three. I'd put Watson as four, like you said. 
Now, this is probably going to start an argument, but um, Josh Allen is a 77. He's higher than that. <laughs> no. No. Todd, I'm back sorry. me up. You guys, you guys' only reason for saying he's not good is because he threw two bad uh, backwards laterals. And while that's absolutely horrible, I don't think that constitutes a 77. No, 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 no. That's not the only reason. That, that, that's merely a, a symptom of, of the entire syndrome here. I, I would agree that he needs to be maybe a little higher, maybe a 79. But he hasn't shown consistency over his years in the league. Um, there were those two egregious errors in the playoff game, but it's not so much that we're saying that because he fumbled twice that he's a bad quarterback. We're saying he's a bad quarterback and his two fumbles are merely an example of why he is bad. Um, and okay, maybe not bad, but like he, sure, he's a gunslinger who can really throw the football, but he has not been able to prove that he can throw the football accurately and consistently. He's relied on his legs um, too much for a starting quarterback in the passing league. And, again, if you're going to run the football, you have to have an awareness of what's going on around you enough to know that you can't just chuck a ball behind your behind your shoulder and hope that your tight end will catch it. You just can't. I mean, I guess that's fair. I don't know. I think he's like an 81. Someone someone else that ticked me off, Josh Allen of the Jaguars is only an 81. Josh Allen's an absolute beast. I'm he gonna... should be an 89. Oh, again, he was a that's, rook, though. That's high. I would put him at like an 84, 85 at his best. Uh, uh, okay, that's that's fair. I think I think they did Fred Warner a little bit dirty. I think he's a pretty solid middle linebacker. He's only an eighty-seven. Uh, I kind of agree with that, actually. Ooh, but this is an interesting one. Carson Wentz is the same rating as, as Dak Prescott. I think that's how it should be. I don't think they're that much better than them. I think they both have good parts that they're better than each other at, but they also have flaws. I'm I'm fine with that. Wait, what? How do we feel about Kyle Uzcheck having the same ranking as Mark Andrews? I think that's fair. I think Kyle Uzcheck is honestly. I think I think Uzcheck has been underrated for the past however long he's been in the league, and I think he's finally getting the credit he deserves. But he's a fullback. That's the thing. Mark Andrews is probably. I'd put him in top four tight ends in the league. I mean, but the thing is, I think if Juszczyk wanted to turn into a tight end, he probably couldn't because he's a great blocker. He can run. He can catch the ball. I think if Juszczyk really wanted to, he definitely could be a top four tight end, but he's just a fullback. Now, maybe. Maybe a little. I don't know. Not even. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Green Hunt's an 87. Now, I don't think so. Now, Not even close. someone that I think's high, I think Le'Veon Bell is lower than an 87. I'd agree with that. Maybe like an 84, 83. I don't think, obviously, he probably thinks he's higher than an 87, which that's absolutely a, a, outrageous if he would think that. 
Someone... How do we feel about Justin Tucker being ranked higher than Darius Leonard and Darren Waller at an 87? I think Tucker deserves the 87. At his, at his position, he is the best in the league. I agreed, but should a kicker be placed over Darius Leonard? In all, I, I, I think uh, maybe not Darius Leonard, but... I think, I mean, I think it's the same thing as the whole... Do I agree with Russell Wilson being higher than Lamar? While I don't agree with Johnny, or not Johnny Hecker, uh, Justin Tucker being higher than Darius Leonard, I think they hit Justin Tucker right on the head with an 87. But I think Darius Leonard should be like a 90 because that kid's been insane ever since he entered the league two years ago. <laughs> now, someone that might not be happy with his Madden rating is maybe Melvin Gordon with an 84. I think that's. I think that's valid. I think it's that's fair, seen he as he held out. Yeah, that's what he. That's what he gets for staying out the season. And okay. Austin Eckler's only one overall above him, which I don't agree with. I don't think Eckler's much higher, but I can see him as like an eighty-six, eighty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. This is again me harping on kickers and punters, but Josh Lambeau is not only recognized as the second-best kicker in the league, according to Madden, but he's also ranked at either at the same level or higher as Justin Houston, Kyle Fuller, Laramie Tunsil, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Peters, Marlon Mack, and Philip Lindsay. Yeah, that's a little interesting. Maybe, like, because I think, I think how it works is, like, Oh, they did Shaq Barrett so dirty. What do you mean? Oh, my gosh. What did they give him? Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Shaq Barrett's a 90, at least. At least. Shaq Barrett had an insane season last year. They did did Devin White dirty, too. Only a 78. Oh, Devin White. Devin White should be at least 83, 84, maybe even 85. And Devin White's got 92 speed, 91 Excel. Like, how is he a 78? How's Keanu Neal an 84? I think he's probably... I think they're going off for him. He's been injured the last three years. and Keanu Neal's mad rating is probably pretty tough to figure out. Yeah, I'll I'll give him that. I'll give him that one. That That one's probably a tough... But how is Devin White a 78? I mean, Devontae Parker's an 84. <laughs> That's a little low. Yeah. Cole Beasley's an 83. <laughs> Wait, let me see what they gave. Michael what? Gallup's an 81. Oh, that's dirty. Michael Gallup is at least an 84, 85. I don't know. I feel like... He doesn't get a whole lot thrown his way because of, you know, Amari Cooper. Cooper. But Well, yeah, but that's my reasoning for why he should be higher, because he doesn't get that much thrown his way, and he still had 1,100 yards and, like, seven touchdowns. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think I think the Eagles wide receivers are a little high. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, I don't think they deserve 83 and 84. How about Matt Judon getting only an 83? Matt Judon was... Ethan. Matt Judon was pretty, pretty good last year. Yeah, I I think you're right. 
I don't think he's like a 90 like Darius Leonard would be, but I mean, Matt Judon deserves a little bit higher, I think. Um, Drew Locke has a 70. I think Drew Locke needs to prove himself. Drew Locke played like three games last year, and he played good enough, but... Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah you're right. Wait, hold on, let me see what this guy is. Joe Hayden's an 83, Ethan. How do you feel about that? I need to be like an 85. I'd honestly give Hayden like an 86. I mean, now, oh, I was going to say someone who was very upset with his Madden rating. And this guy thinks he's like better than Julio, Michael Thomas, and all these guys. I think Keenan Allen is very not happy. Oh, Keenan Allen is not happy at all. I've seen at least three tweets from him. I'm pretty sure it was him at least. I think it was, who is he saying he was better than? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about him saying he's better than anybody. <laughs> what is he? He's what? 89, 90, right? 91. 91. Keenan Allen had a bad year because the whole entire Chargers team had a bad year. And yes, that that calls for a downgrade of uh, overall. But come on now, Keenan Allen is an insanely good wide receiver. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say I think you're right. Uh... Okay. This is just wrong. We've talked about how low guys who... Um, who were rookies this past season are AJ Brown is an 81, which is higher than like any of those other guys we've mentioned. Are. I think it's just because he's fascinating in a couple like really good games, which, right. but, but, but I don't, I, I, I don't think he's, I think he's, that's a little high for him. I think. Now, someone else I think that is, I don't think Jared Cook is an 87. He's a little old. I'd put him mid-80s maybe, but not like mid to high. And Bra- yeah. Brandon Cooks is an 85. I think that's a little high too. He's on the Texans now. Yeah, you didn't yeah. know that? No. Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin got dead dirty. I think Terry McLaurin had a pretty... Oh, wait, he was also a rookie last year now, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but who did he, what did he get placed at? 82. Well, a rookie that's pretty high, Josh Jacobs got an 88. I, I think that's valid. You think it's valid? Although yeah. Kyler Murray did win Rookie of the Year, so I don't know. I, I, I think they, again, it's one of those things where I think they hit Josh Jacobs on the head. Now, also, it's a lot easier to get a, I, this is just, I, this is just like what I've noticed over the last couple of years. It's a little bit easier to rate running backs higher than it is quarterbacks. So although I would, I don't know if Tyler Murray's an 88, but I think Josh Jacobs deserves an 88. But again, I think Kyler Murray deserves higher than what he is. All right, another Cardinal, JR, Larry Fitzgerald's an 83. I think that's fair. He's like, what, 36, 37, maybe yeah. in 84. I don't see him much higher than 84 at all, though. Kenyon Drake's I an mean, 82. I would love for Fitz to be like an 87 or an 88 or even like a 90 back in his prime, but that's just not the Fitz we have today. He's still a good player, but I don't think he's much more deserving than an 84. Oh, Buddha Baker's only an 86. I think they did him a little bit dirty. I wouldn't say he's a 90, but I'd say he's like an 88. I think Buda Baker's one of the most underrated safeties in the league. 
yes, bias, but at the same time, I think we can back that up with a little bit of facts. So. I, I think you can easily back that one up, yeah. Now, Ethan, this one's for you. James Connors at 81. And we just talked about how easy it is to rank running backs pretty high, and he's only an 81. Yeah. I mean, like, I think we've talked about this before, and I'm, I'm starting to do... I used to be, like, a huge James Conner fan. Like, I drafted him very high last year, and it was a mistake. Um, I, I, I love his story, uh, how he overcame that and was able to play in the NFL. And don't get me wrong, he's still a good running back. Like, I'm not saying that he's not good. He's still good. However, I would not put him any higher than that. I'd maybe even drop him to, like, a 79. Uh, I'm looking at two guys right now, three guys actually that are 81, so I think are a little bit higher, all three. Mike Hilton, I think he I think he had probably his best year of his career last year, and he's only an 81. I've seen Mike Hilton. I've seen, I've seen some Mike Hilton ratings the past couple of years, and they've all been 81. I think it's just a little bit weird that they would you know keep him at 81 when he has the best year of his career. Uh, as well as him, I think Mike Williams, he's not like Keenan Allen, but I think Mike Williams is a little better than 81. And um, uh, Patrick Ricard, I'm looking at him, and he's a very good player for the Ravens. And I don't think he deserves much better, but I think he deserves to be a little bit better than Kyle Juszczyk. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Ethan, do you have anybody else? I mean, I'm just looking to... I mean, I know we said that a lot of these are correct, but we're just picking on, like, all of them. Now, in all honesty, like, we, we've got no room to talk because, like, we're... Obviously, everyone's entitled to their own opinion about, like, how they view a yeah. certain player, so, like, we're not... And also, we are, we are talking about guys that get paid to do this, so I don't know. We, we're not looking at every stat. We're not watching film. And we're going off of what we think we know... Yeah. So I guess I'm not gonna say our opinions aren't valid, but like, I think our opinions should at least be considered. Yeah. Valid, but maybe not. You know, I I I think at the end of the day, most of these Madden ratings can be made an argument for, even if we don't think they're correct. Yeah, like all these ratings, you could argue, like someone could argue that maybe, for example, George Kittle should go down to 97 because. I it I don't know. Yeah. Or you could argue JJ Watts not a ninety eight. You could argue maybe Aaron Donald's not a ninety nine. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of these like I think a lot of these are generally like either correct or in the right ballpark. Okay, that's that's not cool. They put Devin Funches <laughs> as the same overall as Dede Westbrook. DK Metcalf, Byron Murphy, Brian Burns, Gabe Jackson, Isaiah Wynn, JC Treader, Wait, what, what, Brown. What is what is Devin Funches? Seventy nine. Oh. That's absolutely outrageous. Devin Funches is not a seventy nine. They only put oh DJ they only put DJ Chark in an eighty one. But that's crazy. They would have why is Devin Funches listed as good of a wide receiver as DK Metcalf, Dede Westbrook? Yeah, that's that's that that makes me no sense. JC Treader, come on now, Matt. So that that's one that I just look at and I go, "There's no way you can 
there's no way I think you can justify a 79. Now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my cousin if he's listening to this. Uh, Keller, I'm, I'm very sorry about roasting a former <laughs> Panther player, but it has to be done. Who are we talking about? My cousin. Oh, no. Punches. Okay, yeah, he did play for the Panthers. See, that's the problem, though. Is I think if you're not, if you haven't been watching the NFL for a while, you're not gonna know who Devin Funches is because he's just that much of a no name. As my boy Flight Reacts would say, he's a casual. Then they gave DJ Moore an eighty-five. I don't think DJ Moore is better than DJ Chark. I think he is. Uh, I think I, they're pretty close to each yeah, other. Yeah, I think they're pretty close, but I'd give the edge to DJ Moore. Yeah. Andrew's peak at a 78. He's, he's solid, isn't he? Yeah, I feel like 78's a little low. Yeah, I, I don't know. They got him the same as Baker Mayfield. I, I know how you guys probably feel about that. <laughs> Todd, your boy Blake Jarwin's only a 72. I feel like that's honestly valid. He hasn't gotten a whole lot of playing time, but I think we can be a lot better than that. I think it'll change. Like, I think, you know how they have, like, they'll go in and they'll patch the Madden and they'll update rankings? I think by the end of the season, Blake Jarwin will be, like, a 76, 77, 78 up there. Because now, Todd, you said, you didn't say he was going to be a great tight end. You just said he's going to have a big jump, right? Big jump, I think he can be maybe top 10. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... For the most part, I think when you get into the 70s, they're pretty fair, except for the ones we've already called out, like, uh, what's his name? Max. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Now, this is just a random question. I don't, I know you guys probably don't know the answer to this. Laurent Duvernay Tardif plays for the Chiefs. He's in Madden as a 78, but he's opting out of the season to go work as a doctor with uh, the whole coronavirus thing. Do you think Madden's going to keep him or drop his rating? Or I think they'll keep players that have opted out just because. But, but he's not opting out. I mean, yes, he is opting out, but he's going to be a doctor, so it's not like it's not like he could play if he wanted to. Uh, I don't know. That's that's not. I don't think. I don't. I think the only the like. I think the only person that knows that is EA itself. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, I I guess we should maybe move on to hot takes. I think we've talked about this a little long enough. Yeah, we definitely. Uh, we we've, we've given it to EA. So EA, if you're listening to this podcast, which I doubt you are, but if you are. Please take our recommendations into account. And also know that we uh, that we agree generally with most of them. Yeah, for the most part. Like I think like eighty to ninety percent of them we we're we're okay with. I there's probably ten percent that we're like a little like eh. Nelson Aguilar is a seventy seven. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. His catching's an eighty four. No, that's no, that... his catching is a fifty two. Him and Devin Bunches together. Oh. oh my god. That's that's very no, nah, I don't no way. No way. He's the same rating as TJ Hawkinson. An injured TJ Hawkinson, but yeah. 
I mean, okay, but still, I, I don't, I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm done. All right, move, move on. We, we need to, we need to, we need to get over this. Yeah, make too many more very upset comments on some very bad ratings that I see. You know what? I'm gonna make it continue even longer because I'm gonna make it into my hot take. Okay, right. uh, Todd, let's hear your hot take first. Then. Here's my hot take: Devin Funches. Actually, hold up. Didn't he pull out of the league? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. All right, you know what? We're going to make it Nelson Aguilar, who is now with a new team, right? The Raiders, yes. Okay. Here we go. Nelson Aguilar becomes wide receiver one for the uh, the Raiders and has 1,500 yards. Look, I'm okay with that if that happens, but oh my gosh, is that a far, far off. Man, I'd be surprised if Nelson Aguilar caught 30 balls this year. <laughs> um, my hot take is that I'm going to the... I think I'm going to go to the NBA. Ooh. And I'm going to say that the Lakers and Bucks both choke their first-round playoff series. I don't think that's necessarily a far-fetched opinion, though. I mean, we watched what the Raptors did to the... Uh, Watched the Raptors into the Lakers last night in the scrimmage, or was the scrimmage of the first game back? The Clippers, without Lou Williams, without Montrezl Harrell, was a buzzer beater away from beating the Lakers. I mean, we mentioned earlier the Rockets beat the Bucks, and to be honest, the Bucks aren't that good of a playoff team. So I don't know. I kind of agree with you there. I I, I know I've been pressing the Lakers as my favorite for the title, but at the same time. I honestly don't think they will get it done. Oh, I've got a good idea for next podcast episode. The MVP debate, Giannis versus LeBron. Ooh, we can argue about that. That's definitely, uh, you know, a big one. But I might have a second hot take. I'm kind of thinking about it. My first one I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. We're talking about, you know, I think I made I think I made the statement that the Saints are my Super Bowl favorite for the NFC. But I think right now there's I think that your Seahawks are gonna dominate the NFC right now. I I think they have a fifteen and one record. If now this is the some this is on the statement that Jadavion Clowney does decide to come back to Seattle. Oh yeah, he still hasn't decided where he's going yet, that's right. Yeah, if we he cannot find a better place to uh, settle down in, and he comes back to Seattle. Seattle goes 15-1 and wins the Super Bowl. Or no, at, up to that, they go 15-1 and and make it to the Super Bowl. All right. Um, does anyone have any more? Because I don't know if mine's actually a good one. So I think I'm just going to keep that one trying to develop. I might, I might have an NFL one. Right. Even though the Chiefs look like they could be starting the dynasty, I'm going to say I don't think they make the re- they represent the AFC in the Super Bowl next year. Uh, I'm assuming you're saying the Ravens make it over them. I don't see I, the teams. I'm the saying South. the Ravens or like... I don't know. May, eh. I feel like I could definitely see that happening. 
If anyone, it would probably be right. It'd probably be the Ravens. I mean, but to be fair, though, I mean, you brought up the fact that they're a dynasty, but you don't think they'll represent the Super Bowl. You don't necessarily have to represent the AFC. That is true. I think over the next five five to ten years, I think the Chiefs are always going to be either in the Super Bowl or very close. I think they're going to be, like, either the Divisional Conference Championship or Super Bowl every year for the next, like, five to ten years. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's for sure. Now, are they going to win it all the time? I don't know. I mean, no, they probably, they definitely won't. I mean, you look at the Patriots, the Patriots have what I would consider to be the best modern-day dynasty, obviously no longer with Tom Brady, so that dynasty is kind of... It, it'll kind of be like, I feel like they're going to maybe be like what the Broncos were when Peyton Manning was with them. They were like always there. But they only like won it once. Peyton Manning was only a Bronco for like three or four years. That's though. true. Or yeah, like, plus, I don't know if I, I. I feel like I feel like kind of going off of what Todd said with him only being a Bronco for three years. I mean, we've seen what two years of Patrick Mahomes. He's the MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion. He just had a ten-year contract. I think you're going to see a lot more of Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City than you're going to see at Peyton Manning. I think, I think honestly, the best comparable dynasty that you're looking at when you want to look at the Chiefs compared to another team is the Patriots. I mean, I think they've got their quarterback for the long haul, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Is, and I think you got a solid team built around them, just like Tom Brady. I don't think Tom Brady really has ever had – I mean, I guess you could argue Stephon Gilmore. But I don't think Tom Brady's really ever won a Super Bowl with an outstanding player. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure I'm probably wrong. I mean, didn't he, no, he didn't. Want, he did not win one with Randy Moss. No, he did not. I mean, could but you I, consider Gronk an outstanding player? I guess, but at the same time, I would consider Travis Kelsey an outstanding player. I consider Tyree Kill an outstanding player. I consider Chris Joe. I I just think. The Chiefs had a better all-around team than any of Tom Brady's Super Bowl teams, and that's what makes them as good of a dynasty as the Patriots. Or at least they look as good of a dynasty. On paper, yeah. 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 Now, we you know, know what happens with on-paper stuff with the Browns, and honestly, I'd, I'd put the Lions in there. I think the Lions are a solid on-paper team, but can't get it done. But I think the Chiefs have proven that they, they kind of work well together. All right, staying in the the AFC West, here's here's another hot take for you. Because of the new collective bargaining agreement, where there will be seven playoff teams on each side, all four AFC West teams make the playoffs. All four of them. I I would say I would say three. I don't know about four. I feel like there's. I don't know. I see either the Bills. I see the Bills and Patriots making it in, or the Ravens, Steelers. I, I, know, I honestly, no, well, I was gonna say, if anything, I could see the AFC North doing that. I mean, if the Browns actually live up to their hype. No, no, Ethan. Not, no. not with the Bengals. No. I, I respect that Bengals team. I think they're going to be worlds better than their pads their last team last year, but I do not see the Bengals making the play. I don't legitimately see the Bengals making the play. Well, playoffs. I'm saying three. I, I don't see three. I see two at best with the Steelers. I, you, I so, you, so you think the Browns are going to tank again? 
No, I don't think the Browns are going to tank. I just don't think they make the playoffs. I think we have to realize how much competition there is. I mean, like we said, I think the Ravens are a lock in the playoffs. I think the Chiefs are a lock in the playoffs. I think any, like, I mean, the Raiders, Broncos, Chargers all can make the playoffs, but I don't think they all will. I think the Steelers, the Browns can make the playoffs. I think the Bills, the Patriots can make the playoffs. I, I think the Pats make playoffs. Yeah. It depends on Cam the Newton. Does. Guys that have pulled out, and with the oh, yeah, amount of guys that they already have. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. Now I think about it. Now I think, like going back to the AFC North, I think although the Steelers are on the decline because their 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 team's very on the older side, and they're probably gonna probably have to rebuild eventually. I think this year and maybe next year, these two years could be their kind of like last years before they have to go into their rebuilding phase. So they might try to push this year. The Steelers? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. I think if the Steelers can draft well over the next two years, I don't think there's going to be a real, real building period. That defense is pretty young. If they can pick up a solid offensive lineman or two or even three, and they can find their quarterback. Because yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think Mason Rudolph's the answer. I don't think he is either. I definitely don't think Devlin Hodges is. I know that you probably were thinking that. But no, I, I think, don't think either of them are. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think as long as the Steelers do well with their drafting, which with you know guys like T.J. Watt, they've shown that they've done pretty well with their drafting. Or if they can make a good trade, like they did with Minka, with Minka Fitzpatrick, I think if the Steelers can pull over a better quarterback, draft a few decent offensive linemen, and maybe pull a better defensive lineman somewhere in free agency or even the draft DM. I don't really think you're gonna be looking at a rebuilding period for the Steelers. Yeah. I think this I think the Steelers are always gonna be like they, like they're always just gonna be like a solid team. I don't know if they're ever gonna like like in the next couple years, I don't know if they're ever gonna like be outstanding, like go like maybe thirteen and three. I think they'll always go like ten and six or nine and seven for the next couple of years. Yeah. And just now, and maybe just slide in. I've got I've got another hot take and it comes out of the, not only the same conclusion but the same team as you, Ethan. I put this in our group chat and no one responded to it. It made me really sad. But if I'm not mistaken, Damian Williams is not playing this year, which puts Clyde, which put Clyde Edwards Elair as the number one running back for the Chiefs. Yeah. And but you do not like Clyde Edwards Elair being the first running back. Because I I don't know maybe it was because maybe you didn't like the Chiefs because they had Damian Williams but now they don't and I've been saying that I think Clyde Edwards-Helaer fits the Chiefs scheme pretty well. My hot take is that Damian or not Damian Williams Clyde Edwards-Helaer emerges as a top running back in the NFL or as a rookie I mean simply you mean because a top rookie running back yes that's what I was trying to say um. So, because he gets so many more touches than I think we originally thought he would. And I, I think, think, yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think because, like, like, because DeAndre Swift's fighting for snaps with Carrion Johnson. Jonathan Taylor's fighting for snaps with uh, Marlon Mack. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is fighting for snaps with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. I think, like, and out in Kansas City, it's kind of just Clyde Edwards E. Lair. There's no, not even, no, there's no more LaShawn McCoy you there. Kansas State? I said Kansas City. I thought she said Kansas State. I was like, we're talking about the pros here, buddy. 
But yeah, no, like, I think that's kind of the thing that we all recognize with these rookie running backs is they're all going to be fighting for snaps. And now that Edwards Elair is not, it kind of gives him a lane to be, at least show off more. Now, I definitely would say, I don't know if Clyde Edwards Elair is the most talented running back. In fact, I would think, I think I would say he isn't. I think I would put Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins at least ahead of him, just simply because of how accomplished they were as college running backs. But I still think now that Clyde Edwards-Elair has got that, you know, starting spot pretty much locked up, I would think. Sorry, my voice is a little bit uh, not so great there because, yeah. But that's just that point. I think Clyde Edwards-Elair could show out this year. All right. I mean, I don't have anything else unless anyone else does. Yeah, I've pretty much got all my stuff. And it yeah. was again at our classic. We 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 did a two hour podcast again. So if you're still, we said last time we were never gonna do this again. Yeah, and the last two podcasts we've had a little bit longer of a week long break. Also, more sports came back, but yeah, I guess we could kind of just say this. It's expected when the NFL. Okay, we we promise that as long as we do this weekly, we probably won't have more two-hour podcasts. Honestly, I wouldn't even say that. We just like talking about sports, so it's going to be as long as it ends up being. What? Well, but if you're st- if you're still with uh, with us somehow, um, we, we thank you very much for listening, and yeah, we, we hope you it's enjoy it. I I don't think I don't think there's really anyone here, but it's okay. It's just us. <laughs> We're we're just yapping to no one. Yeah. Um. Well. Turn off the lights. I I guess Todd, if you want to hit us with the outro, unless anyone has anything else they wanted to um say before. Nope. All right. I'm good. All right. So until next time, I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fag. And I'm Jared Mizrak. And we are signing off.